Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Just follow with me, um, and we're going to get there because it's a powerful story. And Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Get yourself ready, take this flask of oil in your hand, and go to Ramoth Gilead. When you arrive at that place, look there for Jehu, say Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat the son of Nimshi, and go in and make him rise up from among his associates and take him to an inner room. Then take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not delay. And so Elisha, we're gonna skip this for the sake of time, but Elisha goes and he goes out with this, with this uh, mission or this purpose from God to anoint Jehu. So he finds Jehu and, and, and he anoints Jehu. And Jehu is anointed for a task um, to be king over Israel. But at the time, Israel had an evil king. It was Ahab's son who was king over Israel. So as Jehu re- receives this anointing, upon his life to accomplish something for God, he sets out to do it and sets out to take on, um, to take on this uh, Joram, who is the current king. And it says now in verse 17, now here where we pick up the story, now we have Jehu with his men and he's riding towards Joram and he's ready to take this dude out. Now a watchman stood on the tower in Jezreel and saw the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company of men and Joram said, get a horseman and send him to meet them and let him say, is it peace? Or let him say to him, are we good? Have you come to fight us or are we gonna be good? So the horseman went to meet him and thus says the king, is it peace? And Jehu said, What have you to do with peace? He says, turn around, say turn around. Say it like you're awake, say turn around and follow me. So the watchman reported saying the messenger went, but he's not coming back. Then they sent out a second horseman who came to him and says, thus says the king, is it peace? And Jehu answered, what have you to do with peace? Turn around, say turn around and follow me. So the watchman reported saying and went up to them uh, and went up to them and he's not coming back. And the driver is driving of Jehu, the son, uh, the driver is driving like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously, much like my wife. Then Joram said, make ready. His chariot was made ready. Then Joram, the king of Israel, and Azahiah, king of Judea, went out each in his chariot, and they went out to meet Jehu and met him on the property of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Now it happened when Joram saw Jehu, he said, is it peace, Jehu? So he answered, what peace? As long as the harlotress of your mother, now he's talking about his mum, of your mother, Jezebel, 
and her witchcraft are so many. Then Joram turned around, say turn around, and fled. I hope you were able to track with me, but for those of you that, that uh, were struggling, I wanna summarize just real quickly what's happened in this story because it's actually an interesting story. Jehu gets anointed to be king and goes to take on this king. He comes up to this king who is Ahab's son. We just read about it in this story, but Joram sees, sees him coming. He sees Jehu coming and his men, so he sends down a messenger to him. Sends down one of his men to him. And the first man that goes down and gets to him, Jehu looks at him and says to him, turn around and come in and be a part of my army. Which right there in itself, that's a bizarre, it's a bizarre idea, it's a bizarre concept, but it worked. And so the first man came in and came behind his army and came in and became a part of his army. And so the messenger reports back to him and he said, listen, that joker that we sent down there, um, he didn't come back. So the king said, okay, we need to send another one. So they sent another one down there. And the other one comes running down and goes up to him and says, hey, listen, we got to fight. What's going on here? I've been sent down. And he says, Jehu says the same thing. He says, turn around and follow me. And so the second guy does it. So the report goes back to the king again. The king says, where's that dude? Didn't we send down two dudes? They said, yeah, the first one didn't come back. But guess what? The second one didn't come back either. So the king keeps losing men. So he gets so frustrated, he goes down there himself. And he confronts Jehu himself. And, and the same thing happens that happened to the first two kings. The same thing happened to the first two messengers. The same thing happened to the king himself. Where the Bible says when the king came down and he talked to Jehu, the king also then turned around and he walked away. And we didn't read it, but if you follow the story later, you'll know that when he turned around and walked away, that was when Jehu, he takes out an arrow and the Bible says he shot an arrow and it split him between his arms and his back and pierced his heart and killed him. What I wanna speak to you about today is what I like to call a turnaround anointing. When we looked last week, we were talking about the anointing. Remember we talked about what it is to access the anointing that is within you, that none of us are gonna pray that anointing comes upon you, that if you already know Jesus, there is an anointing deep down within you. But what I wanna share with you this morning regarding this story is that there is an aspect or there is an element to the anointing that you have within you that will actually command attacks that come against you to turn around and fall in line behind you that what the enemy sent to try and hold you back, that there is an anointing within you that can turn it around for the goodness of God and the favour of God in your life. It's this, it's this turnaround, it's this turnaround anointing. And the Bible says at the start of this story that, that the, the prophet was sent to go and find Jehu. And it says, I want you to go and find him. And the prophet does something interesting in, this, in the start of this story. And this was what intrigued me, that he was given specific instruction by God 
to go and find Jehu. And God didn't say to the prophet, I want you to just find him and I want you to anoint him. He doesn't say that. He's very specific. He says to him, I want you to go in and make him rise up from among his associates and take him to an inner room. And this intrigued me because it caused me to ask the question, God, why do you need him to get up from where he is, get away from who who he's with and get into an inner room? Is not your anointing powerful enough that you can just do it right there and where he is? Because what I think that we can learn from this is it's less about him getting up out of a geographical location or taking a physical position change. And it's more about a shift in his mindset. Remember how we've talked so often about how God will get us to do things in the natural, to trigger things in the spirit. I think what was happening here is it was this preparatory stage to get him ready to receive what God was about to pour upon his life. But in order for him to receive it, there have to be, had to be a shift in his thinking that he couldn't do things the way he had done them before, that God was about to unlock something in his life of the anointing that would turn things around. But there had to be a shifting in his thinking to him be able to receive it. And this is one of the things that I want you to catch out of this story that is so important and so applicable to our life. That we have to start thinking different in order for us to walk different. Jehu was about to jump into something that he had never done before in his life. That's why these instructions were so powerful. He said, I need you to get up right now from where you are. You need to get ready for what God is about to do. And the first stage to you getting ready is you have to shift in your thinking. Because as we know the word says, so a man, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? You've got to think about the favour that God has on your life. How often do you sit around and just think about how blessed you are? Not because of what your bank account has, but because of what the Word of God says. See, some of you cannot think about it because you're so busy thinking about facts, but be reminded there's a difference between truth and facts. So you have to align your thinking not with facts, but your thinking with truth. You've got to sit around and just think about what the truth of God's Word says over your life. Do you, do you sit there and think, man, man, I'm just so grateful that God's hands upon my kids, even though they might be acting bat crazy right now and I wanna kill them half the time, God's hands upon them. And I just wanna think about the fact that because I've prayed over them, the blood of Jesus surrounds them and there's a hedge of protection around them. And I just wanna think about the fact that I don't have to worry about it and the enemy's gonna try and cause me to worry about it. But man, I'm just gonna think about God that you're ordering their steps. God, I'll think about the fact that I speak 
speak that word over their life, which means even when they grow up and they're gonna wanna go this way and wanna go that, that way, I just, God, I just feel a peace when I think about the fact that you're ordering the steps. God, I wanna think about the fact that I'm blessed, that I'm blessed, I'm blessed because God's word says that I'm blessed, which means it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It doesn't matter what my bank account looks like. There is a blessing that's upon my life. How often do you think about what God's word says about your life? Because, because as, you, as you start to think about it, it gets your focus on it. And then, and then whatever you get your focus on, that is what starts to fill you. You're thinking, see, you're thinking. That, that's why Philippians 4 and verse 8, he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things, this, is a che- this needs to be a checklist for your thinking. This needs to be the filter for your thinking that will set you up to walk in an anointing that can turn things around in your life, but you've got to establish a better thought pattern. You gotta, you gotta start thinking, man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You gotta sit and you gotta meditate upon it. You gotta meditate. You just gotta sit. You gotta sit. You gotta let it simmer a little bit. You gotta just think, man. I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. It just keeps saying it over your life, so and it'll start. It'll start to fill you because as you're thinking with it and are thinking about it and you start to speak it, there's an agreement that is made in the spirit. And as you agree with it, is a flow that starts to happen, and you start to get a faith in your spirit that what you're now focusing on, you're now starting to get ready to believe, and you can only receive what you're prepared to believe. So as you start to think about, see even now as we talk like this, you're feeling better than you were five minutes ago. That's not because I'm good at what I do. That's because it's the power of the Word of God. Because we're thinking about it. We're just thinking about the fact that tomorrow might be hard, but God's hands upon me and God works all things for the good. And I'm just gonna think about that for a moment. And when I start to think about it, I wanna give God more praise, don't you? You can go ahead and do it. I know it's early. You can give God praise and say, God, I just thank you. I thank you because as I thought about it, I focused on it. Now it's filling me. Now I wanna give you praise. He said, Jehu, I need you to get up. You cannot stay where you are. You're about to go somewhere that you have never been before. You're about to do something that is so above and beyond your natural gifting and an ability. This is not gonna be what you can do in the natural. This is gonna be an anointing thing. Think about this. These men were sent to him to oppose him. This joker looks at them and says, turn around and fall in line. And they did it. You let your gifting and ability can't do that. There wasn't like a conversation. He didn't present an argument. He didn't have to convince them. He didn't, so some of you are getting worried trying to work out how. God, how am I gonna do it? No, no, no. You need to just ask God who. Who's with me? Remind yourself, who's with me? Who's anointed me? Who's equipping me? And the anointing will do it, not your gifting and ability. There was a purpose on his life that was so much greater than who he was, but he had to line up that thinking. 
He had to focus upon it. And what I like about it is the story, we didn't get to read it, but in the story, he comes out. He comes out and so he gets anointed. And it's funny, but, but what happens is, I mean, this joker, he didn't, we did like a little anointing, a little Trader Joe's olive oil on your forehead, right? Last week, that's not what happened here. This joker got tipped that like a whole bucket of oil, right? Women, you would have hated it for your hair, a whole bucket of oil, right? They tip it over him, top of the head, all the way. So this joker comes out. What happened in the story was, was when the prophet showed up, the captains, Jehu's captains and Jehu's men, his buddies are chilling out the front. You know, they're playing cards. And, and the Bible didn't say that, I added that. And, and, and Jehu comes up and he says to them, hey, where's your boss? And they said, he's in there. So Jehu goes to where the boss is. That, that prophet goes to where Jehu is, the boss is. And he anoints him, pours out this oil on him. So this joker's dripping with oil. And then the prophet was obedient to what God said. The prophet then leaves and Jehu walks out to his buddies and he's dripping with all this oil, right? This is what in the Bible. And so his buddies look at him and they're like, bro, what happened to you? Who was that? They actually call him a madman. Who was that madman that just came and just, just doused oil all over you and just left? And what Jehu does, Jehu tries to... to to water down the story. And in, in, it's in the Bible, you can look at it later. And Jehu says to them, oh, it's, it's not a big deal, it's nothing. Now what's funny is the fact that his men, his buddies are like, bro, nothing. Have you seen yourself? Look in the mirror. See, this is what I want you to get about the anointing of God upon your life. Is when you get anointed by God, and you start to walk in that anointing. That is the power of God to perform a task. People see it. You don't have to convince people. It's the type of anointing, and that's what this turnaround anointing is. Is It's not about what you say, even if you were to try and say that you're not anointed. It's about what you walk in, and it's about what you carry that will actually attract people to what's on your life because that's what happens in this story. When the prophet showed up, it says that these men were just sitting around doing nothing. But when these men found out that Jehu had just been anointed by God to be king, these men were activated to step up and take their place in their own calling. That's when you know that you are walking in an anointing that is not of yourself. When people around you, something gets stirred in their spirit. See, this is what we have to understand. We have to understand that the anointing of God upon us is attractive. It's attractive to people. Because listen, listen, too many times I've seen people that claim to be really anointed, but they act really mean. You ever met those people? They can preach the paint off the walls, but they don't know how to be nice to people. And this is where we miss, and we miss this, there's this disconnect. We gotta understand that God anoints us for a compassion for people. That, that these, men were, these men were sitting around. They, they were sitting around. They are playing Xbox. They were, they, were, they were playing cards. They were on their phone, just doing nothing with their life. But there was something of the anointing that was upon Jehu that was able to pick them up 
from where they were. This is what God has called us to do. See, when we talk about a turnaround anointing, we shout and we get excited because we all want difficult situations in our life to turn around for the good. But you've got to understand the turnaround anointing was deeper than that. It was able to actually empower those that were sitting down around you to actually get up and run with you. It's a turnaround anointing that will reach down into somebody that's in their deep deepest, darkest despair and pull out the greatness inside of them. It's a turnaround anointing that will encourage people, that'll stir people, that'll love people that are unlovable. It's a turnaround anointing that'll make people in your life that feel like things are hopeless all of a sudden get something in their spirit and that faith in their spirit that'll make them wanna get up from where they are. That's what the anointing will do upon your life. It's the anointing to encourage people. It's the anointing to stir passion inside of people. It's the anointing to help people see what's in them that perhaps they cannot see in themselves. It's that type of anointing that is this turnaround. And that's what he was able to stir in these men. It was this, it was this, this anointing and a, and a compassion, an anointing with a compassion for people. I was at the grocery store the other day and there's this older gentleman that I've seen him there a few times. Every, he, he, you know, he bags the, the groceries and, and, and you know, he, he has a, I'm not sure he's, he has difficulty with his, with his speech. He seems to have some sort of element with his speech and uh, he's an older gentleman and, and uh, every time I go there, I'll just give him, you know, nothing, nothing big, nothing special, just like a tip of some sort. You know, it might be a few dollars, might be, Five dollars if I've got it there, and uh, and it was last week or whatever, um, and he was just he was bagging the bagging the things there, and and, and he's always apprehensive to take it, and and you know and and I just you know I, ha- I happen to have five dollars there, and so I I just gave just gave him five dollars, and uh, and and I just and and it was it was so weird because it was funny, and uh, I, I walked away, and, but but as I when I gave him the five dollars. I got in that moment, I felt like I got so overwhelmed with a heart for him. I don't know his situation, I don't know. But I got so overwhelmed um, just, just with, I guess, God's love for him. And, and, and so I said this, I said, bro, I love you, man. <laughs> and it was so weird. And I thought, and, 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 but he did, it, it was, <laughs> like you, you just don't say that to random dudes, you know, like. I think I even like gave him a hug or something. It's like, bro, like, um, and, and he looked at me and he said, God bless you. I said, God bless you too. God's hands on your life, you know that. I said, I love you. I'm proud of you. And, 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 and it was so, it was so um, simple and so, but, but I walked away and, and it, it, I was sort of laughed to myself. And I'm like, in what world like, do we go up to random people and tell them that we love them, you know? And God spoke to me and said, in my world. And, and I thought, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, it's not like we have to walk out there and just start telling random people you love them. But, but I'm saying, it wasn't, it wasn't something as, you know, we're, we've been fasting as a church and just seeking God and just, but, but when you get overwhelmed with God's anointing and God's power in your life, Stuff will just sort of flow out of you 
that will represent maybe not necessarily your personality, but it will represent God's heart for people. Because ultimately, that's what people need. Let me tell you something. They don't need us. We're not that special. I mean, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but is God working through us? And if we are obedient in just the little things, just the little things, somebody will encounter. It only takes just but a touch of God. It's just, I don't know what he was going through. I don't know what what is, is in his life. I don't know what he's facing. Maybe he, maybe, maybe he needed some random Australian to tell him in an awkward way that he loves him. I don't know. I don't know. But I made a decision a long time ago that I'm not gonna let the fear of man hold back the working of God. Is it's this, it's this turnaround anointing. I mean, it's powerful. This story, you know, we don't have time, but Jehu goes out there. What I love about it as well is, is, is the, the confidence and the courage that came with this type of anointing. I mean, you think about that. He, he goes running down and he's, he's, he's riding a horse, right? So much so that the guy on the lookout tower said, this joker's driving crazy, right? He's, dri- he's driving like, he's, he's driving like Jehu. He's driving different to everybody else. This dude's driving like he's got a purpose. This, this dude's driving like he actually believes what's on his life. Is that how, does that how the enemy, look, is that how the enemy looks at you when you wake up? Like he can see that you caught something that has shifted the way in which you act. Are you, because that's what happened. The enemy was so threatened, Jehu had not done nothing yet. This was just the pre-show. This, the game hadn't even started yet. But there was something, there was something that he was doing that was such a threat to the enemy. Look at the faith. I want you to see the courage that Jehu had. And then when the enemy came up, Jehu looks at this guy. Think about this. Think of the audacity. He doesn't tell the enemy to go away. I mean, even that would have been courageous. He doesn't tell the enemy to step aside. He says to the enemy, turn around and roll with me. (laughs) Listen, that's a good story, bro. Because he does it. That's what the anointing will do. That's what the anointing, the anointing will cause your enemies to do things that they don't even understand why they're doing what they're doing. But they'll just fall in line. That's, that's what he works, Romans 8, 28. He works, put the verse on the screen. For we know, for we know 
that in. Let me read it from my Bible because it just, it, it looks better in my Bible. You ever feel like that about your Bible? Because it's all scratched up and scribbled on and coffee stained and there's a part of my Bible I was I went into my office the other day and my, my three-year-old son was sitting there chewing and that's the best I could fix it too I, I said hey what are you doing He ate the birth of the early church. <laughs> Acts chapter 2 is deep down within my three-year-old, bro. I think there's something about you got to chew on the Word of God, don't you? Listen. And we know. I read, do you know how many times I read this verse? But this morning, when you were all sleeping, and I was cooking. I read it again and it hit me again. Do I know? And we know, Paul says. The word know, it means to be, how do they describe it? It's an intimate, it's, it's, not, it's not understanding in your head, it's revelation in your heart. That's what he's talking about. He says, and we know that God works all things. And we, we, you know, we throw it off because we heard it so many times. It hit me again just a fresh way. Do I know it? Do I, do I have that within my heart and my spirit every time I face and, and all things situation? Because we know what all things means, doesn't it? It means the crap stuff that we wish never came across our path. It also means the good stuff, but I don't need the faith to believe that scripture when it comes to the good stuff. I need the faith to believe that scripture when it comes to the difficult things that I am praying out of my life. I need to actually take a different approach and recognise that maybe what the devil sent to break you, God's gonna use to build you, that if you would get this type of anointing in your life and tell it to fall in line, God will work it for the good and God will do something in and through it that He was not able to do before it came into your path. I need you to just praise Him. Praise Him that He's working all things. He's working all things. I know you feel like you're up against it, but you're anointed for it. It's a turnaround anointing and God works. He works. He works. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.